This lesson is entitled John 16, the Holy Spirit's ministry to the world. And our text to begin is John 16 from verse 5 to verse 11. It says, But now I am going to him who sent me. But none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. In chapter 14, we had two lessons on the Holy Spirit from statements Jesus makes recorded in that chapter. We already looked at the Holy Spirit being our helper. So in our text today, we're going to focus on how Jesus explains what the Holy Spirit does for the world and towards the world. He says he has a ministry of conviction. The Holy Spirit has a ministry of conviction. He convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. There are two uses of this verb convict. There is use for the context of a verdict of guilt being passed on a person on trial. And there's the use of convict in the sense of being made to feel guilty when confronted about something wrong we've done. We see the Holy Spirit ministers to the world to convict people of their behavior. Jesus gives three areas in describing this ministry. The first area is sin. The Bible tells us this about every person's sinful condition before God. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness to God and with God about certain realities. We see he bears witness to God that believers are God's children. In Romans 8, verse 16 and 17, we read, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We know we are Christ's witnesses to the gospel, but our proclamation of words is empty of power to convert a sinner from his way without the Holy Spirit bearing witness to reach the ears of a person's spirit, to be the internal witness, to reach the place where we ourselves cannot. When Peter preached at Pentecost, we see this reaction in the crowd listening to him. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, when he finishes his initial statement, they respond like this. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? The Greek word translated in the ESV as cut to the heart literally means pierced all the way down or pierced all the way through. So it's, it's describing not just a little prick of a conscience or a, a little emotional stimulation, but a deep pricking of the heart, a deep cutting to the heart, deep conviction. The Holy Spirit is the one who does this to a person. It's interesting that what sets up this reaction in, is Peter's words 
about how each of us is guilty for the death of God's son. In verse 36 of Acts 2, it says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. This is the sin Jesus refers to when he says the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. He says, because they do not believe in me. Remember back in John 3, we learned that all people would be ultimately judged for their response to Jesus. In John 3, verse 17 and 18, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. This is also where we can get a better understanding of what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit bears witness about Jesus. If you reject his testimony, you stand condemned. There's no other name by which you can be saved. Jesus died for your sin. If you reject his work for you and his ownership of you, you will be judged. Secondly, we're told the Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness because Jesus was leaving and we'd see him no more. While Jesus was in the world, he displayed the righteous standard of God. Remember, he came into a culture where the leaders placed their confidence before God and their relationship with God was based on their works. And there are those today who still believe that by themselves they can obtain the standard of God's righteousness. But Jesus lived out what God's standard of righteousness was, which was to be totally innocent, to be totally sinless. In John chapter 8, verse 46, Jesus says, Which one of you convicts me of sin? So one of the things that was the basis of Jesus' authority to do the things he did and to say the things he did was the fact that he was totally innocent of sin. Then he goes on to say, If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? The book of Hebrews tells us, Christ was tempted in every way that we are, but never committed sin. So that's the standard of God's righteousness revealed by Christ in his life. You have to never sin. Can any person claim they've never sinned? Absolutely not. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9, we read, Who can say, I have made my heart pure? I am clean from my sin. After Jesus' ascension, the Holy Spirit continued this ministry of declaring God's standard of righteousness to the world. God says this occurs through the declaration of his law, which silences every person's defense of his or herself. In Romans chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, we read, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped. Notice that, that statement of what the law does, that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. The law ought to make us aware of guilt. It is ironic when it has the opposite effect, and a person thinks he can fulfill the law and be righteous. But if someone approached God and began to make their case for how they were righteous based on their actions, all God would need to do is ask them a question like, well, have you ever told a lie? Have you ever been angry with someone? 
Have you ever lusted in your heart after what was not yours? Have you ever dishonored your parents? I could go on, but we understand the point. And remember, God says in the book of James that whoever fails the law in one point has become guilty of the whole law. The Holy Spirit's testimony about God's righteous standard shows us our need for salvation in Christ. And the flip side of that is that that testimony about the righteous standard of God condemns all those who are trusting in their own righteousness to save them. Lastly, we're told the Holy Spirit convicts the world of judgment because Satan, the ruler of the world, is judged. This is where the verdict is passed. You are either alive in Christ or condemned by Christ. Many people I've dialogued with seem to believe that there's some third area or category where people are in their reaction to the gospel. They see believers in Christ, and they see opponents of Christ, and then they see those who are not really bad people, but who are just indifferent to Christ and want to live their own lives how it suits them. And these people would say that those people aren't necessarily, you couldn't call them that they're workers of Satan or, the, or that they're against Christ. But this is a false perception. Jesus says in Matthew 12, verse 30, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So the reality is you're either with Christ or you're with Satan. There's no middle ground now. Sentence has been passed. Satan is condemned and awaiting judgment. The Holy Spirit testifies to the world that these are the only options. Justification in Christ by his blood or condemnation by Christ for rejecting his atonement. A practical comfort for us in these truths and a principle to remember is that it is the Holy Spirit who will convict people of sin when we share the gospel. We carry the message, but it is the Holy Spirit who empowers that message. Tomorrow, we will see how the Holy Spirit ministers to us as the revealer of God's truth. God bless you all.